Welcome to Keep the Podcast Alive, the only podcast dedicated to stereophonics. Just before I jump into the next episode, guys, I just want to kindly ask if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, like and share all our social media posts on Facebook and Twitter. I just want to get these incredible stories out to every stereophonics fan that I can. But for now, let's get into the next episode. Hello, welcome to Keep the Podcast Alive. My name is Paul Smith. My guest this week, Damo Bachelor. Damo, how are you doing, mate? You good? Oh, I'm fantastic, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Trying to get back into it. I haven't done an episode for about a month now. You been good? Yeah, awesome, man. Um, I did stop working for a while during um, the whole lockdown. I work in um, the hospitality trade. Um, And I'm also a DJ by trade as well. So all of my day job kind of stopped. Um, And I guess um, that's how I kind of came on to you know, as I'm sure you mentioned, um, I do my own podcast and that's why I got in touch with you because I was really keen to kind of reach out to you and talk to you about getting on your podcast. So I'm really grateful that you've invited me on. Oh, no problem at all, mate. I'm, I'm keen to speak to, uh, I'm keen to speak to another podcaster, to be honest, because yeah. I, I want to kind of see how, how it works because I I feel myself as a bit of a novice. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> as I said in the um you know, before before we start the recording, I'm I'm crap with technology, so um, I don't know how the hell I've managed to do some episodes of a podcast and and kind of create my own podcast. But here we are. Um, I guess it's one of those things. You know, I don't know about you, but I got so bored during lockdown. I was still working from home and stuff, but I was like, I just need something to do after work in the nights. We can't go out. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, and as much as I'd love to say, I even took the government up on the option of going for one exercise a day. Nah, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I was just like, uh, nah, you know, right, I'll I'll stay in. Yeah, um, definitely. But I was like, I got to the point where I was like, I just need something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and this was towards the end of the lockdown, I guess. So um, I guess if I'd done it at the start, I probably would have had a lot more people queuing to come <laughs> on just to speak to a um you know someone from the outside yeah sure definitely um but yeah like i said the podcast that i do has worked really well we did it from december um and like yourself total novice um Mm. had to had to learn how to you know it's it might sound crazy um people that love list people listen to podcasts it's like it's one of the best things to listen to um and it, it sounds crazy but like to learn and understand how to actually upload a podcast to spotify and apple music and all those other platforms it's it was yeah it was really alien to me and to to be able to do that and just to chat to people is it's it was it's been a really cool sort of thing to do especially for the last few months yeah no i i, I really enjoyed it to be honest um you know, I've, I've spoken to some really interesting people as well, you know, musicians, podcasters like yourself, you know, um, Simon from my second episode was, you know, really in with a band, you know, he was part of the band and he worked with a band for, you know, God knows how long, years and years and years. So I've met some really interesting people, um, you know, and it was interesting to speak to some of the other guys, you know, about kind of um their experience and them finding the band you know some right at the start you know like myself some kind of 
you know, later on when, you know, um, I think Dakota came around and the group kind of, I guess, exploded. Yeah. You know, a whole new generation of fans at that point. Um, so tell, tell me about yourself and your experience. What, at, at what stage of the Stereophonics timeline did you um, discover the band? Um, yeah, so I guess I'm pretty fortunate that I'm old. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm 39 years old. Um, so uh, my music interest dates back to kind of the mid 90s when I was in school um, in sixth form, and uh, me and my friends were kind of jumped on the whole uh, Brit pop scene with Oasis and Blur. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember kind of Park Life being like my favorite song of the 90s and um and then the battles with oasis and seeing oasis live and just absolutely like what a time to be around the british music scene um and then yeah i guess as i got into sixth form um me and my friends kind of jumped on the whole new metal um bandwagon and pop punk which was kind of taken over the, the UK TV. So we had MTV and UK play um, and Blink-182 were all over it. Sum 41, The Offspring, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park. And I was like one of those kids. I was just a bit of a grebo, but I loved, I still had a big passion for Oasis and Blur. Um, and then I guess I heard um, A Thousand Trees and, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great, great song. Um, and yeah, I got to sixth form and then heard Pick Apart That's New and it pretty much changed everything for me. Um, then went back, obviously, and revisited everything on Word Gets Around. But I think Pick Apart That's New was my kind of, my my big introduction to the band, the song that made me sit up and go, wow, that's yeah. that's huge. Yeah, so um, I guess not not too long after kind of words get only a couple of years, I think performance of cocktails. Yeah, ninety nine maybe ninety nine when yeah I was yeah. in six six form. I I had heard the singles off of um, word gets around, um, so I was aware of the band, but I wasn't as aware as I was when it got to performance and cocktails coming out and realizing actually this band are probably my favorite band now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, the channels that you just mentioned, you know, I, I think Sky Digital had just kind of launched and all these new channels like the box, you know, the interactive mm. music channels, um, you know, where you phone up, pay a, a thousand pound a minute and press three numbers for the song that you want to request. <laughs> um, and I just remember just looking being played on that channel like yeah. a lot, yeah. a lot. Um, you know, and, and that was, you know, the only the only times I'd ever seen the boys on the telly before that was Top of the Pops. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd done um, uh, Traffic, I think, on the Streets right, of yeah. Commandment on Top of the Pops. Um, you know, I remember that being in the newspaper, the Aberdeer leader, um, you know, being a, a, I think it might have been front page of the Aberdeer leader. Um, and then they did... Um, uh, local boy on top of the pops as well. I think that was the only two times I'd ever seen the boys on telly. Yeah. 
before you know those channels that you mentioned were launched yeah. and then just looking um that, i remember that being the first one the first video that i'd seen properly on telly um and then after that quickly followed you know all the other ones you know yeah. mr writer was played a lot yeah um which was um i enjoyed that video it's different you know with them all dressed up as clowns yeah and, it was um, um massively so i i really like you i think i'd have guess have mentioned it especially like with the american influence and um performance and cocktails is kind of like a, a, it's, it goes away from like sing-along small like indie hits into big kind of like performance and cocktails was already their their songs built for arenas um before mm. they were playing arenas um they kind of seemed to know where they were going with that so but yeah the the uk play channel um especially for me and like you mentioned the box like me and my brother had virgin um in my dad's house and uk play was a really interesting channel because it kind of didn't play any pop music but it was like limp biscuit placebo um mm. oasis travis maddox um all those bands um probably limp biscuit not so much because they were kind of a metal band but it was a really yeah. good introduction into the uk scene and like coldplay eventually snow patrol um the ad that definitely like the those stereophonic songs made me think actually yeah they're they're my favorite band <laughs> oh absolutely I, re I remember i'll always remember um being my next door neighbor we would go mitching off school um and we would go go to his house after his, his mum and left for work and we'd watch the box all day and mm. we would you know request probably hundreds of times you know all these all these music videos are phonics a lot um, yeah but you know that like you just mentioned the the music that was around at that time you know your some 41 was like a big one um those type of things and god knows how much me, we would cost his mother in in the touch of phone bill but <laughs> <laughs> he never met he never mentioned it to me but you know we must have cost him bloody hundreds of pounds um bless her um but yeah um yeah i get what you're saying you know it, they they were i guess like you said you know they were they were singing songs made for arenas before they were that big kind of thing so i yeah, guess definitely. they were big before their time if if that makes sense i think definitely yeah. big before their time and the way you know the songwriting the production um the way they were quite happy to and like we mentioned oasis and blur oh, stereophonics were really quick to kind of introduce like other musicians into the band and um keyboard players and other guitar players just to kind of make the sound bigger and they weren't mm -hmm. afraid to go you know after word gets around everything after that is is aimed at playing the biggest shows in the world because i guess that's just what they wanted to do and yeah 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 i like you know after you know um perform performance of cocktails when when just enough came out and i was like this is this sounds like a completely different band yeah massively so but i i also love that album that album is yeah it's up there as one of my favorites of all time because you know whenever i hear any song from that album it just takes me back to yeah. probably you know the 
the same time as, as you know, you were in sixth form, just after, I think, 2000, 2001, I think it came out, and I would have been 17. Yeah. So I'm a year younger than yourself, so I'd have been 17, and I'm just, you know, starting to go out and stuff and, yeah. you know, go go clubbing, and I'm like, that's my go-to album, in my, you know, when I'm getting ready to go out. Yeah. You know, all them, most of them songs on that album are bangers. Uh, yeah, you know? and I, um, I, I love that album because it always takes me back to when I was in, well, I, I'd left school, but I, in school I did um, I did IT and I was one of the first sort of pupils to like set up the PCs and we had the internet. And I remember in school we downloaded Napster and we found mm-hmm. websites to download music and we, we had like pick apart and just look in on repeat because we you could only just download singles if the albums were yeah. to download so it's just like one mp3 um and that's what we would just play on rotation and then when when just enough came out um it was a case of i could get these songs at my home and there were songs that were released before the album come out and i was trying to guess where like lion in the sun would be on the record and like what order would they be in and i i think i downloaded vegas two times and i was like that's got to be the intro that's got to be the first track and then the album comes out it's like yes it was wasn't it yeah and and i said to my mates i was like this is a banger you've got to hear this this is like the new sort of stereophonics and the new what they're doing and yeah just trying to guess where those songs would be on the record and downloading them all as singles and trying to put them into order like a month yeah. before the album come out it's a bit naughty <laughs> but i was always going to buy the record anyway <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely you, you have to uh, but yeah you know i was i was the same um again i wasn't very techy so i would always get my little brother to do it for me um <laughs> you know give it give him a list of songs and you know can you put these onto a cd for me you know however you do it and but you know, yeah, just enough was was, was my you know, and, and sometimes still is you know, if I'm getting ready to go for uh, you know a rare occasion when I'm going out with my mates, you know, <laughs> I'm getting ready. That's on. And yeah, at the time I used to live with, live with my um my grandma, bless her, and I would have this up full blast. And I feel sorry for her because you know I for the you know I'd have all my mates round up in my room and this would be on fucking full blast. And you know she's downstairs trying to watch bloody Bergerac or whatever. And, <laughs> and she, you know, she I'd hear her banging the ceiling with her walking stick. Turn that fucking song off, um, professor. But no, it's, it takes me back to a good time. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and also, um, I guess, kind of moving on. It was the first time I went to see the band play their huge show in cardiff um they have day, the have a nice day show or the day at the races or whatever it was and me and my friends had been to so many gigs but we'd never seen the phonics before and mm-hmm. they announced the day at the races shows and we bought tickets for chepstow and chepstow wasn't it yeah i was like can we go to the fe- <sighs> i've never been to a festival and just the thought of like oh camping and getting everything you need and then obviously the rain hit and they had to move it and they moved it to the biggest stadium in the uk and <laughs> i was like this is weird you're 
we're not going to there anymore, but we're going to the centre of Cardiff for a, for a day on the piss. And mm. uh, we're going to watch this phenomenal lineup. So um, they did do a day at the races at Chepstow, didn't they? Yeah, it was, uh, was it Chepstow? I thought they I'm did. Not sure. I'm, only, I'm only asking because I, when, when we were moving out of our last house about a month or so ago, and I packed all my DVDs and I found a DVD called Day at the Races. Yeah. Um, so they must have done one somewhere. So the Day of the Races I, show, the, the, DVD, the DVD is actually the Millennium Stadium show. Um, ah, right. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they did another race course somewhere because um, there were two like two gigs and I thought it, there were two race courses they were going to play and Chepstow was mm. one but I mean somebody's probably going to be on the the Stereophonics Facebook fan page just correcting us if we're oh, wrong absolutely. But, um, but I'm a little bit I'm sure that I bought tickets for Chepstow and it got moved to Cardiff to the Millennium. you might you might be right to be honest mate I think I, I must have bought that DVD well it would have been very early because Stuart was yeah. in the band at that time anyway yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, um you know I probably haven't watched that for about bloody 15 years or so yeah, yeah that's when yeah. I, I kind of need to uh revisit yeah yeah well I um I there, there was a lady on the Facebook page giving away some VHSs the other day and I was like, yes, I'll have them. I don't even have a VHS, but <laughs> you know, um, when I when I move into, I've said on another episode, I'm gonna when I move into my new house in a couple of weeks, um, I'm gonna convert the garage into a bar slash podcast room, and I'm just gonna have them display on display in the background rather than bloody blank wall like that. So um, yeah, so you know, there's always you find some gems in in those pages people selling stuff yeah definitely um like vinyl and stuff i definitely got the um performance cocktails box set of somebody off that facebook site as well um mm. the fuck with all the seven tw- uh, nine inch records on it and um i definitely got that on the seraphonics facebook page from fan so yeah it's always well, something I, I, useful <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely that i think that's my uh one of my next projects is to get all the vinyls. I think I started too late. I didn't buy a record player until about 12 months ago. Okay. Um, you know, so I've said to my my wife and my daughter, like for special occasions, birthdays, etc., just ask me what vinyls I've got, what I need, and and that's you know, <laughs> sort me one out. But you know, when they get round to word gets around and they're talking top dollar, they might change their mind. But <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is the case with, especially with a band like Stereophonics and all those bands, they did release vinyls for the albums, but it wasn't collectible. And I, I, I think it was probably, um, I can't even remember what album that I started getting them, but the only ones I've got of like the old records, like Jeep and uh, where it gets around and like represses now. Um, yeah. Cause you, you are looking at serious money for oh absolutely originals. absolutely but I, I, they've got a couple for me um performance and cocktail is probably the earliest one but even that might be a like you said like a, a repress yeah I, I don't care they all play the same they all play the same um you know and at some point i might take it seriously and start getting you know the originals but 
until then, I'm happy to listen to a, a repress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just it's just as good. It's just not the value's not in there, but yeah, I suppose if you're not selling them, you don't care what it's worth. No, don't care. Sounds good. Um, what so you said you went to the Millennium Stadium gig, um, and again, yeah, it, it would have been quite early. Stuart was there at that time. What was that like? Yeah, I saw I was. I was really lucky to see him play probably I probably saw about five or six shows um that he played with the band the Millennium Stadium one stands out just because it was the biggest um mm. I got introduced to the Black Crows that day which was quite a big thing um to I guess <laughs> it sounds weird but I guess that it would be extremely, extremely rare for a big UK band now to tour stadiums with what's regarded as one of the biggest American bands, not of all time, but mm. you know, uh, their, their legacy is something that is just mad. And to have, I know stereo um, Kelly's obviously really good friends with them anyway. So yeah. it would have been, not a problem for them to come over and play but that tour was kind of reversed in america um and i remember stereophonics refused to do it because it was uh oasis touring with the black crows and stereophonics didn't want to go on first so they didn't go um but to have the black crows over in the uk playing a huge show and they had a quite they had quite a good set um but ash played and they were one of my favorite bands at the time as well um, they, they were quite big at that time as well, weren't they? Again, Ash, another big band. They were one of the first bands that I saw live um, with my friends in Cardiff. My friend's sister went to Cardiff Uni and we used to crash on their sofa most weekends. Um, yeah. And we saw Ash, Reef and all the all the bands, um, Enemy Tours. Um, yeah, so Ash were a band we were like, well, we got to see Ash anyway because we've seen them a handful of times. Um, and then, yeah, the Crockett's opened the show as well. So that was a bit of an interesting one. But, you know, friends again, friends of Kelly and he's brought them along. They're not yeah. not really a big band, just there for the for the day, probably a few drinks as well. So <clears throat> it, it was just weird going into a stadium to see your favourite band play for the first time. Um, and, it was yeah, it was the biggest show I'd ever been to. Um, and apart from festivals and seeing bands at Reading, it would still be... The biggest show i've ever been to so yeah it definitely, was, it was definitely. absolutely amazing um and i i've had a good conversation with a friend on a podcast in on my podcast there's a guy he plays in a band called stay voiceless and they're from south wales and we had a good chat about welsh bands playing live in wales mm -hmm. and this sort of atmosphere you get and you'll probably agree with me the the atmosphere you get in welsh stadiums or arenas or venues bars pubs if your favorite welsh bands playing there's no atmosphere like it um and that really kind of hit me that day that we're seeing the best welsh band um at the time in their peak um play to x amount of people it was phenomenal absolutely i mean when when the stereophonics play cardiff or anywhere in wales it it's you, you 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 won't get anything like it you know it's everybody in wales wants to be there yeah, you know um, and you know every song just gets everybody bouncing and you know it's that um 
it, it brings out that hometown pride in everyone. Oh, it's it's in unbelievable. Everyone, and know, even um, he said it was like um, even the likes of Feeder, Catatonia back in the day, uh, the Mannix. And I've been to Mannix shows in Cardiff. Mm. Um, and I, I just can't compare it to seeing an English band in, in England. And that sounds wrong because I'm English and I'm, yeah. you know, talking about a Welsh band playing in Cardiff. But the the classic example that I gave on the show with my friend who's in a Welsh band was the show two years ago in Swansea. Um, that's Singleton. Singleton, yeah. yeah. And I and I was there, and I was just. It just really hits home that you get every type of person there for that show, whether it's you know, teenagers who are, you know, skateboarders, grebos. Um, you get 20-year-old uni students there. You get your 30-year-olds that have finished work on a Friday. You get older people that dress up and they wear shoes and a shirt and trousers and they dress nice. <laughs> and and the women wear dresses and they make an absolute massive deal of it. And I just, it's fascinating to me because I'm still there as like, well, I, I wear my T-shirt and my jeans and I'm there as a four-year-old guy that just wants to jump along with him. And it is amazing to see all. And like you said, it's a pride. It's a, it's a thing that they just, well, you, you know, it's, you yeah. just can't experience it anywhere else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to describe really, but it is something that you, you don't experience anywhere, anywhere else. And like you said, you know, an English band in England, I, I don't know why, I don't know whether it's because there's less less Welsh bands and it's a smaller country, but the whole country yeah. goes to the Stereophonics gigs, you know, in, in Wales. Um, you know, Cardiff um, Cardiff City Stadium, Keep the Village Alive tour yeah. was incredible. And I didn't go to Singleton. I was on my honeymoon at the time, but that would have been the same, you know. Um, mm. You know, it, and it was kind of, I think Singleton was was almost like the the Morpha gig so yeah, many it was years the on an anniversary of the Morpha yeah. show in Swansea at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I I think the only thing I would say I could describe it as in England is like when Oasis played Main Road um, for the first time, or um, Travis played Tea in the Park, or Biffy Clyro played Tea in the Park, um, the big Scottish festival. Um, yeah. And maybe like the Arctic Monkeys when they they played Sheffield Arena um, or somewhere in Sheffield. Um, yeah. But it's not the whole country. It's not like everyone in London travels up to Sheffield because it's a big show. Yeah. But people yeah. in England, certainly myself, I'll definitely. I would. I mean, I'm just over the border. I'm not too far. So Cardiff to see the Stereophonics or the Mannix or Feeder is better for me than going to Birmingham or Bristol yeah. to see those bands. I would much rather yeah. go and experience it with the people that have that much passion about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you, have you ever crossed paths with any of the, any of the boys? Um, I haven't. I've, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a bit strange. I, cause I, I do a lot of DJ and I've, I've done Reading Festival and Download and I do, I work for a company called Headphone Disco and Mm -hmm. I used to work for a company called Propaganda who do like club nights and we had um, celebrity guests there and I I would rather just kind of keep it a bit of a mystery because 
I don't know whether it's because I don't, I wouldn't know what to say or, or whether I just don't want to he- meet my heroes. Um, you can yeah, say that. I've not, um, I've not ever come across anybody that I was absolutely overwhelmed by. I've met some really big people, but I think there are only sort of three or four bands where I don't think I'd want to meet any of them. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think that would, you know, um, that would be the case myself. It, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm from Aberdeen. If, if I went into a pub and, and Kelly was sitting there, I genuinely wouldn't know what I would yeah. say. I mean, you I know, had part, a part I, of me thinks I would just freeze and, and be like, oh, I, I'm not going to speak to him. And then yeah. half of me thinks I'd be like, yes, Kel, uh, you know, do you want a pint? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I know. I had a, I almost, I had a, one of my other musical heroes is, um, there's a band called Deftones, um, a big metal band from the 90s, 2000s. They're still going, they're still super influential. Um, and, me and my friend went to see them in Birmingham and because we worked for propaganda, we managed to get into the venue whilst they were sound checking mm-hmm. and we were probably sort of 10 meters away and there was nobody in between us. You know, it would have been a perfect chance to just kind of go and say, how you doing mate? I love what you do. What, what, what blah, 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 blah. Um, and I didn't <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I just, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm quite happy with the mystery, but like you said, I think Kelly comes across as um, quite a bit more easygoing than as if if you were to meet sort of Liam or Noel Gallagher or Damon Alburn. Or I think we're we've heard stories about him and we go and see him live, and he's a storyteller. And I think it would be a lot easier to go and say hello to him. Um, yeah. But because he is Kelly Jones, and that's you know, I, I, I like you said, I, I don't know if I could. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, what well, you know, I think he is a very down to earth guy, and I, I, I like, you know, I, I'll, I'll guarantee if he's sat, you know, when he's in Aberdeen, he's sat in a pub, he isn't Kelly Jones, from, no, you know, the Stereophonics, he sure. is, you know, I'm, I'm Kelly, I live. Glenarmon Road. I'm having um, a pint. You know, I'm having a, I'm having a pint. In, you know, yeah. in the, you know, in the bunky or whatever, um, or whatever he would be. But you know, I think that's how he would be. That's I think that's him as a person. Yeah. You know, um, and I know, you know, in his documentary, he said, you know, he was going through a shit time and he had an operation on his throat and someone approached him. I think he was out shopping and he just wanted to tell them to fuck off. Yeah. You know, he, he was he wasn't able to speak to people. You know, and so you know, I, I some people would see that as as rude or whatever. But you know, he was on a you know he was told by the doctor to rest his voice. He doesn't want to have a conversation, you know, and that's fair enough. Um, yeah. But you know, that's not the type of person he is usually. Yeah, I I I totally agree there. Um, and I've met I've met a singer in a band. Um, there's a American band called the Eagles of Death Metal. And they play the drummer. The drummer's in Queens of the Stone Age. And we were backstage at Download. And my friend was like, come on, let's just go and say hello. So we went and said hello. And he ran round with us for the whole, the whole of the, the whole of the backstage. He ran round with us trying to find a pen just so he could like sign something for us. Just because he was so pissed off with talking to the press all day. Yeah. Um, he was just, he, we actually just went over and were like, do you want a beer? 
and he was just so delighted with it so there are definitely like musicians out there that do want to talk to you because you're just a normal person and you're not a normal to, person you're not there to kind of question them and yeah i, I kind of get that with Kelly yeah. that he would probably be quite good just want to have a chat if you you know if the conversation was good and, and have a drink as opposed to be sat there with, i mean mr wright is a classic example he you wouldn't want to be sat there with a notepad asking him questions because he probably would get no. stuff with that exactly exactly um what's your if you if you had to give me some of your favorite songs now what would you what do you think so i i guess as i get older um and like you mentioned just enough education to perform my dad was listening to a lot of dylan and neil young around that time um and as i've gotten older i kind of just appreciate a lot of the newer stuff mm -hmm. and um graffiti on the train is my favorite record um if you were to like put me at gunpoint and say you've got to pick one um graffiti on the train is my favorite record there's no doubt about it i think it's the best work they've ever done um yeah but then i was looking through some of the songs when you kind of prepped me for the question and um keep the village alive as the best singles um so i i just think all the all the singles off um keep the village alive like mr and mrs smith and they're my favorite songs but as a as a total body of work um yeah graffiti on the train is definitely my favorite record and everything off that is just just i hide that album in such high regard yeah sorry i'm just um clicking on keep the village alive just have a look at the track list to yeah. kind of look at what you're saying there but i i, I can't disagree to be honest um, i mean cell v come out and it was kind of like uh it was like what whoa what are you doing this isn't what you sound like and then it was like but i actually i do i love it because it's aggressive it's it's got teenagers in the video having a good time at a party they're mm. they're really passionate about having a bit of fun and they're getting drunk and it's with your mates and and then white lies is one of the singles off the album i think um it is second second on the album after yeah um i want to get lost with you is definitely on there yeah um yeah. And then Mr. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is just, I mean, it's just it's a classic that it's, I, I wasn't sure if it was like one of my favorite records, because I think some of the songs in the middle are kind of like, are they fillers, you know, because it's, it would be wrong to sit here as stereophonics fans and go, actually, every single song is unreal and they're the best band in the world. Cause you can't do that. There's gotta be no. something you can find. That's not quite your, to your taste. Yeah. And, I just remember with the album, I wasn't so sure of it, um, especially after it came out after Graffiti, and I was like, this is the greatest album. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But the singles on there are just, they're mind-blowing. Yeah, just, absolutely. I, I, just, I, I just, yeah. I think, um, you know, and, I, and I've said it before, and, you know, um, you know, I had someone commenting to say they disagree with me, uh, you know, uh, about why I feel like this. But after the first three or four albums, I kind of lost touch with the band um, for a while. So, um, Keep the Village Alive, 
I probably listened to that. When when did it come out? Um, uh, 20... 2015. Yeah. I, um, I probably listened to that a few years after it came out. You right. know, when I kind of got back into the band. Um, only maybe three, four years ago, to be honest. Um, you know, Scream Above the Sounds round, round about time. Um, but then when I went back and listened to it, uh, you know, all those albums in, in between, Keep the Village Alive, like you said, is an absolute classic. And one of my favourites, mm. you know, all most of the songs on there are absolutely classics. Um, I think Celebi is the perfect opener yeah, for any gig. It's unbelievable. You know, it's, you know, when... Um, Again, I keep going back to keep the Summer Alive tour. Yeah. When they opened with that in Cardiff City Centre and the lights are pumping. Yeah. And that, you know, the screen comes down, you know, and, and they play the opening notes of Celebi is, is a, you know, an atmosphere that I just can't describe. But they, pl- they played describe. it like, they played it first at Singleton Park and mm. they played it, um, you know, I'm sure people won't mind me mentioning the controversial gigs of March in 2019 um i was at cardiff no is it no the lockdown uh, the, one. The, the covid um mm. and i went you know maybe i shouldn't have but i you know yeah it was just before just it was because i'm in cheltenham it was the sunday after the races and like the races shouldn't have gone ahead um probably all those people coming into Cheltenham from all over the world and then stereophonics and Ed Sheeran are still doing big arena shows I think Ed Sheeran yeah. did Ed Sheeran did the O2 arena on that Sunday um to x amount of people and stereophonics did two nights at Cardiff arena and they opened the show with Celeve and it was mm. I I there is no better song to open a stereophonics gig and they can go for 20 years and I'll still go and watch them when I'm 60, if they're still playing. Um, Absolutely. And if they open with that and they end with Dakota, then I, I know I've been at a stereophonics gig. Perfect. Perfect. But you know, my, my opinion on that gig is the people who were, they weren't going against the government guidelines. The people who wanted to go went, the people who yeah. didn't want to go didn't. And that's it. I mean, you I know, knew he- I knew something was wrong when I got to Cardiff and we went into Cozy Club in the centre, and it was it was the ghost town, and I was like, "This is strange." There's no one in mm-hmm. here, and we went to another pub, and there was no one in there, and I was like, "This is really weird." Well, when the phonics are playing Cardiff, that is weird. Yeah, because that, exactly. You know, from midday of the day of the games, then pubs yeah. would be absolutely Packed. rammed all yeah. day. And maybe the cozy club isn't somewhere where phonics fans go, but like I described earlier, there are like people in there in middle-aged people dressed up nicely. Perhaps cozy mm. club is somewhere where they want to go. Um and it was just empty. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, all those generations that go to the gigs, you know, um in Cardiff, there is a place for each generation. You yeah. know, you'll have the people in their blazers and their jeans on Middle Lane. You'll have the people in their t-shirts and jeans in Live Lounge. You know, you'll have the you know the the middle-aged guys in one of the cocktail bars. Um, yeah. You know, they'll they'll all be scattered and they'll be in their own little places because there'll be a place for everyone. But yeah. when they get to that stadium, they all become one big kind of yeah. You know, one big 
crowd and they all just yeah you know beat the beat the same drum and you know go mental but i i went you know and it yeah there it was it was a quiet phonic show at the at the arena i'm guessing 30 percent of the people didn't bother maybe 40 percent of people didn't go um, yeah it was really strange but i still you know i still think it was a great atmosphere um and it was a good show so happy Those, days mate happy yeah. days you know if if i if i had tickets i probably would have gone yeah um you know it's like it's it's one of those things i mean everybody was was kind of told to follow the government guidelines and if the gig was still going ahead and you were allowed to go then you can't hold it against anybody who wanted to go and went you know if yeah, you didn't feel comfortable and you don't want to go that's fine your decision you know, to make it's, it's yeah. your decision you know but you can't you know like the the people who, who cried about the snow that one year you you can't blame the band in any no. sort of way no. you know can you imagine if they called that off you know you would have had all them snow people crying again yeah. because you know they they cost them money and travel and this and that you know so the, i think the band were in a lose-lose situation and i think going ahead with it was probably the the better of two evils to be honest yeah definitely absolutely i can agree more um hopefully fingers crossed for a tour being announced soon um i know kelly mentioned it on his instagram a little while back something towards the end of the year october maybe yeah, I mean, um, they, a they, new album, a new album, probably next year. I'm guessing. Um, I think it'll be an something uh, anniversary of uh, word gets around or something. Is it 25 years? Yeah, hopefully some, out? hopefully some shows next summer again outdoors. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you know. That's what we're all craving, isn't it? We we want. I mean, they've already played live. They were one of the first big bands back out on it and they've uh scarbados i mean scar scarborough is a little bit far for me and i know tickets were pretty difficult to get a hold of but yeah like i'm just i'm excited that gigs are back and i'm sure the band they're kind of trying to get some new material together to, yeah. to go on the road again because like they are one of there's a lot of bands um and talking to loads of friends there's there's a lot of bands that have released albums in the last 18 months that have not toured it but at least i kind of guess the stereophonics managed to get an album cycle in and a tour in for kind um, yeah and they toured it and it's out there and people have seen them live playing it so i guess the next natural step is a, a new maybe some shows in the winter and then another album cycle next summer absolutely definitely and i think in a way they they you know they were they were kind of lucky towards you know like you said when with kind they did have a chance to play some of that where some other bands probably haven't you know and yeah you know yeah. i've heard you know i've heard some you know people talking about gigging you know venues are going to be booked up now because people have got a little backlog of cancelled gigs and this and that you know that they need to rearrange i guess you know um venues are, are going to be chock-a-block i guess yeah i'm just maybe some like festivals next year like they've not they kind of do their own thing in the summer and then there might be one or two festivals but i don't know festivals is always a weird one with stereophonics because 
I guess some of the main bookers don't see them as like headliners anymore because they're obviously an older generation and Arctic Monkeys and all those other bands are coming through and there, but I think they're still um, kind of Glastonbury headliner worthy. Um, and I guess to touch on that, another gig I saw um, was the one at Bristol Academy. Um, this is going back again, and I'm sorry to sidetrack on this story, but um, back before Facebook and all those, um, all that they had just had a website, and it was just you had to go on the website and sign up to mailing lists. And uh, I'll never forget getting an email um, as an invite to their show the night before they headlined Glastonbury, and they played the Bristol O2 Academy to like 600 people, um, and I was lucky enough to be there, and that was one of the I think that was probably the last gig I saw Stuart play. So yeah, just, that's yeah. just just a little memory there. Do you know what? I think um, you know that's something that I'm going to do. If you know when when they come to Cardiff, hopefully towards the end of this year, the night before they play Cardiff, I'm just going to town because you know they they usually end up in in one of the bars doing a little gig like that. So yeah, um, you know I I always kind of find out about it a little too late, and I'm like. Oh, but this year, I'm going to make sure I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever they end up, I'm going. I mean, it's a bit easier with social media now um, to find out where bands are playing and and they might do some small shows, which would be amazing. And I'm very lucky to have seen them play in such... I don't know if you've been to Bristol Academy. It's um, of the O2 Academy. Sure. It's, it's a very small one compared to like Birmingham and Brixton. It's it's a small venue um and all the big bands kind of do the circuit in the uk and bristol academy is always a venue that bands play so it's another it's another venue i always try and catch bands at because they're gonna play brixton which is huge Mm. but if they're playing bristol you're gonna see that band in an absolutely really cool intimate venue um yeah yeah so to see st- that was on the, the Jeep tour as well. So that was kind of like a big deal to see them in there before they headline Glastonbury. Absolutely. What, you know, good times. Yeah. You talked about, um, keep the village alive, sort of being your, you know, the singles from there being absolute, you know, absolute classics and, and stuff. Um, is that your favorite album? Uh, no, like like I said, Graffiti on the Train is is my favourite record. It was kind of the the comeback record. It's the longest the longest gap they've had between albums. I think is between Keep Calm and Carry On and Graffiti on the Train. Yeah. Um, yes. and they now seem to be just churning out albums every two years. So it was a big gap, I guess. Um, Keep Calm and Carry On wasn't critically well received at all. And there are no like massive standout singles on there. It was kind of a strange record, um, which I still really enjoy. Um, yeah. I'm not, not going to say I dislike it because it's it's still an album you can go and enjoy. But it was also off the back of the Language Sex album, which had Dakota on it, which was like the biggest single. And I guess it was a weird time to be. And again, I'm just kind of thinking out loud i guess it was a weird time for that band to go we've got a number one single um we're playing the biggest shows in the world um 
everyone's aware of who we are finally because we've got a you know commercial success mm. and then to go into the studio and keep calm and carry on come out and i i don't know where it did in the charts i i don't really remember listening to it very much when it came out and so the time scale between language sex violence other and graffiti on the train was you know it was a while um, yeah and like and you said honest, you, you lost touch with the band a little bit like you said but there, i think there's this it's an eight-year gap between those two records with keep with keep calm and carry on in the middle and i yeah. guess kind of the same for myself it wasn't until graffiti came out and the, the single started coming out for that like violins and tambourines and i kind of was like whoa they're back yes to, to be honest with you like yeah you are right i did lose touch with them for a little bit and uh, keep calm and carry on i cannot remember even knowing about that album you know i i was always even though i i kind of you know wasn't rushing out to buy their albums and i wasn't listening to them like every day like i was you know previous you know up until sort of you know cheap and you got to go there but you know i was still kind of you know listening to them a little bit definitely um listen to language sex obviously dakota kind of put that on my radar but i i can't remember hearing about keep calm coming out and it wasn't until like i said when i when i kind of touched base with them again and i found them again maybe scream above the sounds time yeah that i went back and i was like where the bloody out of this album come from <laughs> you know and you know it's compared to you know it, it went to number 11 in the charts right which to be honest when every other album apart from word gets around went the top three you yeah. kind of know it's it's not their best or yeah. it's not the fans best you know the fans favorite i guess um the graf and graffiti at, kind of hit different like it came out and they played at the road from my house they played the Cheltenham race course um mm. a gig at the central um which is like a function room in at the race course but it holds like two thousand people and they did a couple of warm-up shows it was about four warm-up shows before an arena tour and Cheltenham was one of them when we got tickets and it was just so good to see the band like i yeah i guess i hadn't seen them for like six seven years live which was weird for me because i went to see them on all the tours before that and um, paul the pin especially was like one of my favorite records and i saw them on that tour so yeah there was a there was a long gap between seeing them and then when graffiti finally came out i I just instantly fell back in love with what they were doing and the songs on that album. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a favorite of mine just because of how it got me back into that band. But yeah, the success of Keep Calm and Carry On was obviously probably disappointing. So there was naturally going to be a gap bef before the next record, like what would come out next. Yeah, and maybe that's kind of what it was because you know they they were and they always have done sling an album out every two years. You know they waited four years for the next one and maybe that's what it was you know Cal went kind of get his head down and, and start you know back to basics if you like start writing you know his storytelling again which would have been graffiti on the train you know yeah. a great story and you know back to 
what he does best, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, keep calm, carry on. He's, you know, look, looking at the track list, <laughs> if, I, if I pick, none of those songs are ones that I go, you know, in when I'm, you know, I'm making tea or whatever, Alexa, play this song. None of those, none of those uh, yeah. are my go-to, you know, it's, it's one of those ones, you know, they're all kind of, they're all on my Stereophonics playlist on Spotify, every song is, and if they come on in the car, you know, I'll have a sing-along, but they're not, you know, there's none that I kind of put Alexa playlist one for me. Um, so, I, and I don't know why that is, to be honest, maybe it was at a time where, you know, I wasn't really listening to the band because usually when I get an album, when an album comes out and I buy it, it's on repeat for a few days and I kind of grow to love every single song, yeah. you know, and, and Kind is a perfect example of that. And I have mentioned it before, when I first, my first listen of Kind, I didn't like it, did not like it at all, um, you know, and it kind of um, aroused loads of feelings inside of me of, you know, um, you know, it, this is the end of the band, you know, um, you, you can tell that, you know, Cal was in a very dark place writing it and, you know, it came across on the record and I just thought it just yeah. doesn't sound right. Did you go to but, any of the, um, the solo gigs he did around no, that time? Which is one of my regrets. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, his, his new, um, solo album, I guess, tells the story of, yeah. of those and, you know, it, 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 and the documentary, you know, as to where that album came from. But, you know, now, some of the some of the songs on that record like you know don't let the devil take another day are my some of my favorite songs yeah um you know make friends with the morning it's i don't know i don't know what it is about that song but it kind of it's got a kind of a um you know american gospel choir you know yeah. thing about it and it just it just gets me going man i don't know what it is i just love it <laughs> yeah there's some there are some big tunes on there. Like I just wanted the goods is a big tune. It's a great intro. It's like Absolutely. rocky. It's upbeat. It's, you know, you know, it's right. Really poundy and it gets you going. And then like, it just breaks into some really classic songs. And I, yeah. When Kelly played a couple of them live, they were good. And like the, the stories he tells about every song is amazing. And, and then they did play a couple at Singleton park and to see, yeah, they all, the, the different, the way that they, you know, get the songs over to you live are different to on the record. And it's, it's, it's a great way to just fall in love with those songs as well. Absolutely. I think I, I've got to say my favourite probably on that album is This Life Ain't Easy. Um, again, it's, I don't know, it just it's, gets it's something my, inside It's my favourite song on the record too. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. But, you know, all through the album, it, it took me a couple of listens to get into it, but you know, I can, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, and now that I know kind of the, the meaning behind it, I guess, and you know, the, the, the pain that Kelly was in writing it just makes it even, even more kind of meaningful, you know, yeah. I guess to probably a lot of Stereophonics fans. Yeah. 
because you kind um, of you 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 like I mean stay we we all love him anyway because you know he's written our favorite songs and then you kind of get to feel that with him and the fact that he's put out there and he just you know you because of the tour and the you you know the meaning behind the songs um and it's it's very open and honest absolutely and i i think to be honest i disliked this album before i even heard it because i remember he, he put a little teaser out on his social yeah. media um of um fly like an eagle and the first lyric was thinking about quitting and i was like you what you're thinking about quitting what are you doing man? <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no you can't but you know um again the story came afterwards uh, you know after the album came out and i was like ah okay you know it, it's it makes sense um you know and he was, he was quite he's always been quite honest about that time when he just he did think about packing it in um yeah. you know uh, but you know he seems to have got his mojo back and i'm sure we'll have another banger um you know end of this year early next year another album yeah. a great I, tour i think it'll be did, did you um go on i just i was just gonna say i think that the a new album may i might be wrong but i just think it might be a a, a slightly tad more aggressive again and a bit more rocky ready for some big shows maybe i mean which you know would would be quite the opposite to to kind i guess yeah. because there, there is a there is some um you know rocky tunes on there but a lot of it is is quite you know soft and and mellow isn't it yeah but i just i was just gonna say um they you know they, I, I took part in this um this little challenge on twitter phonics top 10 i don't know if you saw it or took part yourself but i no, you know there's a lot of um a lot of big accounts you know they they're doing these challenges about tweeting you know your your top 10 phonics songs of all time they did it for oasis they did it for other bands um and i'm just trying to log into my twitter to find, you know to go through mine but um I was, I was just wondering if you did i'd be interested to, to know to be honest oh no definitely i didn't see that but um like i said like some of the big singles are, are always great because you go to see the band live and then you create memories around those songs and yeah um, you know pick apart that's new always stands out with me um as being like the song that made me kind of just fall in love with a like bartender and the thief just huge songs and then more recently like mr and mrs smith is just um violins and tambourines is always one for me that kind of especially when they play it live and it's a slow intro and yeah just builds and builds and you know it's coming and um yeah just but like traffic as well there's you know it's really hard to know i'm i'm surprised you've managed to narrow it down to 10 and i'm i was thinking to myself earlier like your favorite songs and albums off from that band they they probably change quite regularly like depending on what you listen to my favorite bands change my favorite albums change my top 10 albums are always changing just based on what i'm listening to yeah yeah i mean it took me it took me hours to <laughs> to, to do um 
probably longer than hours, to be honest. I it, it changed so much, um, and I can't get onto my Twitter to 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 get the full ten. But the top three, um, and I went kind of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of my favorite songs mean something to me, um, and I went third was Mr. and Mrs. Smith, um, simply because, you know, it's me and my wife kind of see it as one of our songs, you know, yeah. because we are Mr. and Mrs. Smith, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we had it played at our wedding and stuff, even though the kind of lyrics in the story don't kind of, are not very wedding feeling. No, then it, it doesn't <laughs> match what you no, want it to match. <laughs> no, how, how we thought about it, we were like, can we can we make it match? You know, can, it, it's impossible. It you know, you know that story is 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 not a wedding feel at all. But you know, it's a great track. W- when we listen to it, we feel like he is singing to us. You know, um, under different circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, um, you can interpret it as you want. <laughs> exactly. Um, Celebi was number two. Yeah, huge. Um, again, like I said, it's it's just a perfect opener, and it's the one that. It gets me pumping, absolutely pumping. Just when I listen to it, whether it's at the gig or whether I'm sat in the bath, you know, and Alexa's playing, when it starts, I'm like, yeah. I'm going. That's it. Um, and then number one was me and my wife's song, I Want to Get Lost With You. You know, when we when we go to a gig um, and they play that, it's, you know, it's something that we, we sing to each other and it's... It just feels like there's no one else there. And it's just me here and Kelly singing us this song. And yeah. we just love it. We love it. So those are my top three. Damo, we, we're just about running out of time, mate. Um, just before I let you go, um, tell us about your podcast. Where can we listen to it? What it's about? Yeah. So my podcast, which I said earlier, I started during lockdown, and like yourself, um, is called The Gatefold Gateways. It's about albums um when i get together with my friends um we talk about music um that's all we talk about and uh it's literally we me and my friend joe who was in a a fairly successful uk band um we talk to our friends from around cheltenham gloucestershire um like i mentioned we interviewed um the singer of a band called Stay Voiceless, um, which I'd really love people to check out. Um, they're a South Wales band, heavily influenced by the Manic Street Preachers. Um, so really rocky, um, really worth a listen. Um, but yeah, we just chat about people's influences. It's like a Desert Island desert island Discs kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So not necessarily your favourite album, but you know, you know all the questions, like if you had to be in a, a room when a certain album was recorded, um, and people when we just chat about albums um, because I just I I love a full body of work. And yeah. When you, when you say what's your favourite Stereophonics album, mine's Graffiti on the Train because as a full body of work, it I I think it's unmatched. But other yeah. people will disagree. But that's mm-hmm. the, the great thing about having a big back catalogue. Um, so yeah, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple music. Um, we're on Instagram, um, called the Gatefold gateways. Um, and we've just got all sorts of cool guests and we touch on R and B, hip hop, jazz, folk, metal. 
pop indie all the genres so if you've got an hour and you want to catch a new band it's like recommendations for something to listen to then it's a good place to start happy days mate it it sounds like it's something for everyone there it's yeah it really is there's we talk from yeah every sort of type of music we don't people might think it's more indie rock based but there's a lot of pop on there there's guilty pleasures there's there's loads of stuff happy days all right guys we'll uh give uh gatefold gateways um a little listen to obviously after this podcast but um <laughs> <laughs> um Devo, um what song can we play you out to mate so i've just chosen this song because i'm uh i you know if this we're recording this the week before august bank holiday um and i'm heading off to a festival and i just think bust this town um you know i'm i'm finally getting out of cheltenham which i love by the way um i'm finally <laughs> i'm finally getting out to go to to go camping to see bands manic street preachers are headlining on the sunday um nice. it's a festival called camper calling um and yeah bust this town let's get out let's go somewhere let's have a good time um it's upbeat um it's a great vibe amazing what a way to end and, and great choice great choice and very fitting as well if you're getting out of this town uh for the weekend <laughs> and Damo, thank you very much for your time mate like i said we you know i'm sure we had a couple of hours more content there and, and you know we, we can do this again in uh, in the next series but for now mate thank you very much yeah thanks uh, very much for having me no worries at all um, this is Damo's song bust it's town cheers buddy have a good weekend take care Tonight is the night we're leaving together Come